She's a business mogul. Number one. And wellness expert. How can I help? And now Chantel Ray and her amazing guests are here to guide you on your wellness journey. Time to level up. Welcome to the Waste Away Podcast. Hello, everyone. We are so excited that you're here. And I've got three amazing ladies with me today, not just one. I have Laurie Lewis, Tammy Hodson-Pillar, and Lisa Fisher. So we're so excited that all of you guys are here with us. And I'm going to start by having Laurie explain what we're doing with this 21-day fast. And a lot of people, as soon as I said 21-day, they were like, what? I'm not eating anything for 21 days. That's insane. But it's a little bit easier than that. And so, Laurie, I'm going to let you explain. Hi. Hi, Chantel. Thank you for inviting me to be on your podcast. And it's so great to be with everyone. This is a real treat. So what Chantel's amazing idea was, was to have a 21-day challenge. And by challenge, we mean what would be a stretch for you and what could be a stretch for many people in terms of their daily intermittent fasting schedule and their daily eating window could be to squish up that eating window. And Chantel's idea was to have it be like a sun, uh, sun wait, what did you call it? Sun, sun up to sundown. So more yes. of a circadian. Yeah. So when the sun goes down, your eating window opens. <laughs> now, some people might be like, wow, that's a long time to wait. And so we have some modifications. Other people might feel like, oh, yeah, that's what I do already. So for each individual, look at your calendar and figure out a 21-day time frame that will work for you to tighten up your eating window. If you've never intermittent fasted, this is going to be a great conversation for you, too, because we'll make sure that when we hang up today, you know how to start. And you can actually start that 21-day clock today because being an intermittent faster works with whatever your daily schedule is. So we're doing 21 days. You get to decide when those 21 days are, and you get to decide if you're going to go for that sundown and uh, eat one meal in maybe a one, two, three, maybe even a four-hour eating window, stretch it out, close that eating window, and go to sundown the next day. Did I miss anything, Chantel? No, no, that's it. Well, just okay. so you know, our church is always, every year, does a 21-day fast. And they basically say the same thing, like, do it however you want. And so already in the beginning of the year, I was thinking about what to do. And I have done a very long fast. So I've done seven full days with just water. I've done biblical fasting for, um, you know, a long time. And what happened was, is that for me with my hormones, where they are and kind of with my age, I was kind of praying about what am I going to do this year? And so our pastor had suggested you know, some people can do sun up, sundown. And then I got the amazing opportunity to meet uh, Tammy Hudson Pillar. And we got invited. She just wrote a brand new book. I'll hold it up for us, Tammy. Thanks. Called Fasting, uh, Fasting for Miracles. And it's an amazing book. And I, she has, was talking, she invited us to a luncheon and I was like, wow, I should probably consider doing I had been praying about doing a sun up to sundown because I'm in a place where I don't feel like I can do, you know, 
a three full day fast or a seven full day fast just with where my hormones are. So um, I want to kind of discuss some tips. So let's start by asking the first question. What are some of the best tips that you have for beginner, intermediate, and advanced fasting experience? Laurie, let's start with you. Okay. I love my beginner fasters, but I also love people who have dabbled or been an intermittent faster who felt like, oh, they didn't have such uh, consistent eating windows maybe through the holidays and they want to tighten it back up. So I think that for people who have, are starting newly and have never done it before, or for people who are starting again, still consider yourself a beginner because the body has to go through that adjustment phase. So it's very easy. Step one, you remember that this is not a diet and that we are working really hard to shed diet mindset and the constraint of struggle and it's hard that comes along with dieting. And so it's not a diet, it's a timing. And step one is today, decide what time you're closing your eating window. So that's actually how to start. Decide today what time you're closing your eating window and drink plain water, have a good night's sleep, wake up tomorrow, and stretch for 12 hours. So just add 12 hours is how to start. Um, anything that you would add, Tammy, for beginners? Well, thank you so much. Um, you know, guys, it's, mine's a little different perspective because it's biblical, spiritual fasting. And I just want to, first of all, thank you, Chantel. And thank you. I feel like I have two new friends and uh, we are in this fight to fast together. So I'm going to learn so much from you both on intermittent fasting. You know, I believe that um, God wired us to fast, to be honest with you. Our first meal of the day is called what? Breakfast. We're breaking our fast. So I think we're wired to fast. You know, I believe our body needs to detox. But for me, when I talk about supernatural spiritual fasting, I literally am going to a different depth. I am literally trying to, and I'll go so far as to say war with the enemy or war with my flesh. So it's for, for me, it's for spiritual breakthrough. I'm praying, I'm fasting, I'm believing God for miracles. And I take it from a biblical viewpoint where Jesus said to his disciples, when you fast, there's actually a verse in Matthew, in the book of Matthew, that says that some things only happen by prayer and fasting. So on the physical side, ladies, we know that there's benefits to fasting. Everyone listening right now, you know your body detoxes, you feel better. God wants us to feel better. He wants physical fasting, but spiritual fasting goes to a whole nother level. So quickly, if I would say, I do do a sunup to sundown fast. I do not eat during the day. I drink water. And to answer your question, whether you are a beginner or you are, and you're a novice and you're new at this, or you are just say, I've been fasting for years, be smart, be smart with your fast. And I, again, biblically say, I like to outwit the enemy because I believe that there is a real enemy that wants me to fail and I want to succeed. So I do things like I drink a lot of water throughout the day. I make sure I go on prayer walks. I make sure that I, my mindset is right, that I get enough rest. So for those who are beginning, start with something that is um, doable for you and reachable. Don't go say, man, I'm going to be like Jesus and do a 40 day fast and not eat anything. To be honest with you, that's really hard to do. Don't start that way. Start with something small that you know you can, can succeed with.
I love that. That's great. What about you, Lisa? Any tips for beginners? I would say um, getting a good electrolyte bank involved, meaning make sure that you have plenty of good Himalayan salt or Celtic sea salt, not the processed salts. Make sure you have salts. Um, You're taking a very good quality magnesium. I really prefer the magnesium breakthrough, which is from Bioptimizers. And sometimes people need potassium. Of course, nothing I'm saying today is medical advice. And my attorney wanted me to tell you that. But I'm telling you from a health standpoint, the first complaint we all hear for our intermittent fasters or that I remember complaining, I had a headache. Well, I had a headache, not because I was hungry. I had a headache because my electrolytes were out of balance and I was not replenishing them. So I, it is one, almost one fifteen in Arkansas. I won't eat for a couple of hours, but I am drinking unsweetened tea. I do have some Himalayan salt downstairs and I did have, I take my magnesium breakthrough from bioptimizers every day. By doing that, then I feel, I, I feel a lot better to start my day. I would say a couple of other things that are really important because we are um, circadian creatures is to get out in the morning. The first thing you can do is let your sunlight, your eyes see sunlight, that your retina see it with no sunglasses on, no no protective eyewear for really about 10 minutes if you can. If you can have a cup of hot water with lemon, uh, not lemon, I'm sorry, you do that later, but with salt or black coffee if you drink that. I'm just not a coffee drinker. But I make sure I see sunlight because that does set also my that circadian rhythm and it sets that morning cortisol, which is the one that gives you that drive and energy and ambition. And then in the evening, I also see the sunset for just maybe five minutes I go on a walk or do something so I can at least get my um, the sleep cycle involved because sleep to me is kind of the football field of your life and the goalposts are sunlight and nutrition and some other things. But if you get good sleep, then you're more prepared. You're more, you, you, you have all your armor on in order to face the, the enemy that does lurk, not just the enemy, not just Satan, but the enemy of hunger. Everybody's afraid of hunger. And hunger is not an emergency and hunger comes and goes. And once you understand that, then fasting gets a whole lot easier. Oh man, I love that because the thing is, it's so funny because I've got my sea salt right here. And I think people don't realize that they're always like, oh, I'm going to buy some electrolytes, which I'm a big fan of electrolytes, unsweetened ones, but I'm going to do it right here. I'm just going to literally take my salt grinder and I just put it in my hand like this And when I'm at my dying place where I'm like, oh, I just want to give up. I can't do this anymore. Blah, blah, blah. All those thoughts come rushing in. I literally go like this and (laughs) lick the salt. That's all I do. I mean, it's just that. And it's almost like, ta-da, I just kind of wake up. Yeah. And the other thing that I do is go for a walk. I mean, I can't even tell you. It, there's been so many times where I've literally just been like, God, I can't, I just, I understand I'm supposed to fast. I'm not feeling good. I've got a headache. This isn't working, whatever it is. I immediately go for a walk. I don't care if it's raining outside. I don't care. It is the great elixir for me when I just go outside and walk. I feel like a brand new person. Lori, give us some some other tips, maybe some more intermediate or advanced tips that you go, okay, I'm dying on the vine here. And I don't think I'm going to make it. What do I need to do? Well, I think it's really important to recognize 
um, where you are in the day in terms of how many hours fasted you are. Because if you are new, a new intermittent faster, or you're newly restoring your practice, you want to remember that the first three weeks or so are the adjustment phase. Your body is remembering an old skill. <laughs> so evolutionarily, we are not any more advanced than our ancient ancestors. So our bodies are designed to fast. And we are in the healing mode, in repair when we're in a fasted state. And the timing of it is pretty predictable. So look at your day and see how many hours fasted you are. If it's around 12 or 16 or 18 hours-ish, give or take, those are the times that hunger will typically arise. So you can honor, uh, tune in, bring awareness to it, honor what's happening with your body, thank it for for healing and so working so well for you. And then the, in terms of a tip, I would remember this idea as our friend Jen Stevens wrote, delay, don't deny, and fast, feast, repeat. So the idea of delaying is really, really helpful because that calms our nervous system. If you say to yourself, it's 10 a.m., I'm aiming for four <laughs> or whatever time you're aiming for, you remind your body that it's in repair. You're grateful for that. There's food coming later. There's no famine. And if you then add the extra benefit of thinking about the delicious food that you will be eating later, mm, that reminds the body that all is well. Food is coming later. This is probably just a hunger wave. If intermittent fasters learn pretty quickly the difference between your body saying, you must eat now, is very different than a hunger wave. And so when we remind ourselves of when we will be eating and what we will be eating, everything gets quieter. I love that. So it is just so hard to overstate how important magnesium is for all aspects of our health. Everyone is talking about how critical magnesium is. And there is a long list of symptoms and diseases that can be eased or even treated with magnesium. So way back when, doctors used magnesium for all kinds of conditions like arrhythmia, constipation, preeclampsia, even seizures. And now it's kind of used as a last resort. It's absolutely essential to our health and our well-being. This is a huge problem because magnesium deficiency can increase your risk for all these different diseases. So I am really a big advocate of getting as many nutrients as we can through a well-balanced diet. Like that is super important. But I really feel like right now that food alone isn't going to work because our soil is so overworked and so mineral depleted that it's just lacking so much magnesium. Fortunately, by Optimizers has the solution. Their magnesium is the only one that has seven types of magnesium, and it's specially formulated to reach every tissue in your body. So go to magbreakthrough.com slash waste away. That's magbreakthrough.com slash waste away and get 10% off and use the code waste away to get your magnesium. I'm going to, in the chat right now, I'm going to ask all of you ladies to type in 
kind of information on your book and your podcast because one of the things I'm I'm putting in the the podcast is a book bundle that I have and it has all four books that I've written at a really reduced price and it has the audiobook and the book included and what mm-hmm. I would say is that when you are fasting so if I'm on the dying trail I'm going to use my electrolytes my salt then I'm going to you know drink some water then I'm going for a walk and then the next thing is I have to fill my mind with two things. And the first one is the Bible. And then the second one is because I can only read the Bible so much, you know, it's kind of like, okay, I need something else. But on that walk, I will tell you, I have so many people who are like, when I'm in a rut, I will listen to your audiobook and I'll put that in my ear and I'm going for a walk because you being on things like this, you guys coming in and listening to this is like that little jolt that you need. And you're like, yes, like I'll, I'll remember. It was funny because I, I saw Tammy in person. I had the privilege of seeing her. She came to Virginia Beach and I was honestly a, in a little bit of a rut. And it was like hearing her speak was just like exactly what I needed. Like I was like, yes, I needed to extend my eating window. I'm going to do a 21 day fast. I'm going to do. And the Lord had already put that on my heart to do. And it was like that confirmation that came in that was like, yes, I can't do this because I personally have been in this a little bit of a rut where mentally, I don't know what's going on with me, but I'm like, I really can just, I need to stick with just a six hour eating window and I need to eat. I'm happiest when I eat from, you know, maybe five hour, one to six or, you know, that's kind of where I'm happy. It's easy for me. I know it. But I'm not pushing myself or stretching myself. Me doing this sun up to sundown is for me, I'm going to be doing it not just for my health benefits, but really because I have a lot of things that I have going on in my life personally that, um, you know, with my job, I'm looking for like a web developer and we're having the hardest time. And so my, our, our company, we're now in like 20 States and I just feel like I grew way too fast. And, you know, I just was like, you know, I need the Lord to kind of come in and show me some favor. And so for me, biblically, there's some other things that I'm really, really praying about. And I, one of my examples that I say is that fasting is like scuba diving. So here I live in Virginia Beach. We just actually got back from the Bahamas. My husband took us on a wonderful trip there. But when we went to Bahamas, you could like go and you could actually see the fish and everything like right from the from the beach. Well, here in Virginia Beach, our water is straight brown, like almost black. And so if you want to see the the fish and the coral and all of that, you actually have to put the scuba diver gear on and get the goggles. And now everything becomes more clear. And so that is one of the other benefits of fasting. So I'd love for you guys to just now talk about some of the other benefits to kind of motivate us because it's not just just for one reason. There's so many reasons. So Lori, let's start with you of some of the, the benefits that you have seen personally from fasting and why you're so passionate about it. I think that most people come to fasting because they want to restore 
their natural healthy weight. So, you know, I, I think that most people consider intermittent fasting as a dieting option. And then people learn, as did I, very quickly that it is much, much more than that. So it's a timing. It's not a diet. There's nothing prescriptive about the food that you should or shouldn't eat that we say, you know, I, I fast clean and eat in an eating window and eat normally. Each person can eat normally, eat what you normally eat. And from there, we'll deal with food later because that'll work itself out. But for me, I suddenly gained 50 pounds in menopause. So I had a very challenging perimenopause, which was mysterious to me. They don't send us to biology class for older women. <laughs> and I was a very, very healthy person. So I was wondering, why is this so hard? I've been taking good care of myself. And then when my period stopped when I was 49, I suddenly, boom, gained 50 pounds. So I came to intermittent fasting to deal with that. But the memory loss and brain fog and head to toe aching and, and massive hormonal imbalance. And so I was able to lose 50 pounds in 15 months. And then, you know, people would think, well, it's over. You reached your goal. Why don't you stop? It's like, why would you stop doing something that has integrity that actually matches the design of the human body? We're supposed to put ourselves in a fasted state every day. Our ancestors did just simply because there was no food. <laughs> so we are designed to pause from eating and put our body into a state of repair during these fasting hours and then eat later as our ancestors did when food was available or when the sun went down. So um, a hormonal balancing, I would say, would be the top, top reason. Um, and just feeling better. Okay. So I said I lost 50 pounds in 15 months, but I felt better within three days. And I started out with a 16-8 schedule, which means that I was fasting for 16 hours. I was asleep for seven or eight of it. And then eating in an eight-hour eating window is how I started and then changed it up from there. I think Laurie and I need to address some of the questions in the chat box just so people, so we're not, I don't want to pontificate what I do. They want to know how we can help them. Laurie is a great teacher and Laurie, I think, can address some of these things. I would like to even piggyback some of the things she says, but some of the questions um, include, is there a disadvantage to having the same regimen every day? For example, Nina asked this, 21 hours fasting routinely every day, does your body start tamping down your metabolism, do less fat burning. Lori, I'd love for you to answer that. So regarding metabolism, here's a, you know, metabolism 101. The body adjusts, adjusts its metabolic rate based on the perceived amount of food available. So when we are uh, dieting and reducing food, constraining calories, the metabolism slows because the body's like, uh-oh, there's a famine. But with fasting, once you become, you go through the adjustment phase and your body is fat adapted, burning your body fat for fuel, first of all, you have amazing energy. But secondly, the body knows, the body perceives that as fuel. And then in your eating window, when you eat really well, you're not calorie restricting, you're eating to satiety, you're tuning in. This is, this is not a diet. It's a quiet. This is a communion with your body and it will tell you when to stop eating. So the fat burning during the fasting 
coupled with the eating well in the eating window, the body's like, yay, there's plenty of food here. It's a beautiful dance and the metabolic rate goes up. So to answer the question about the 21 hours, we're proposing a longer fast each day for about 21 days. And you get to choose what, how many hours you're doing that. We're proposing sun goes down, you open your eating window. And if you did a 21 hour fast every day for 21 days, that would not slow your metabolism if you were eating well. If you're opening your eating window with something nutritious and delicious that feels so good to your body and then having more and having more and then closing your eating window, you're sending the signals to your body that fuel is plentiful and it will feel really well. And then after the the uh, 21 day challenge, well, at any point you get to change your mind, you can then settle into the eating window that has you feel your best. It has you feel your best. It works with your schedule. It works with your fitness. It works with your family. You get to say. And I want to address Marsha's question, and I'd love for you guys to chime in. Marsha said, I used to fast until lunchtime, but after researching the circadian code, I've started eating breakfast and lunch and then skipping dinner. What would you be against that? And my answer for that is in this particular fast, I'm doing this fast more for a biblical fast. And for me, even if I wasn't doing a biblical fast, I know that in general, whenever I open up my eating window too early, it doesn't do well for me because for me, when I'm fasting, I'm just on my game. I have lots of energy. I can do a lot of stuff and I'm a morning person. So I go to bed every night. Everyone jokes me, but I go to bed around 8.45 at night. So if you call me at nine, my phone is off. No chance of getting a hold of me. And so for me, if I did that personally and I ate breakfast and then I ate lunch and then I skipped dinner, it just wouldn't work well for me as far as my energy. And I feel like what would happen is I would, someone would invite me to dinner and then I'd be like, oh, well, I already eat breakfast and lunch and then I'd want to eat dinner with them. So for me personally, that doesn't work well. Um, for me, what works well is in general for intermittent fasting around a one o'clock to 6 p.m. or 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. eating window has always worked well for me. In this particular case, um, for me to wait until six o'clock or five o'clock to eat, depending each day, is a stretch. And that's what I'm trying to do right now. In these 21 days, I'm doing it more of a biblical fast. And I'm basically saying, God, you know what? This is going to be really hard. But during that time that I'm really hungry, I really want to pray and I want to fast. So the book that I wrote, Fasting to Freedom, is all about how you fasting can help you to break strongholds in your life. And if eating is a stronghold in your life, which probably if you're on this call, it might be one of the areas that you want to try to break those strongholds in. And so if you if you're not only looking for health benefits, but you're also saying, I want to get free from this, then that's where I would suggest maybe stretching your window so that it it's all day you're working on, hey, I'm not going to eat. But as far as if that works for you and you in general for regular intermittent fasting and you say, hey, 
I can just eat breakfast and lunch and that works well for me, go for it. I love that. I, I think that's a great. Lori, do you want to chime in on that? Yes. The beautiful thing of this is each individual gets to decide for themselves what eating window feels amazing. So each day, it, there might be a, a period where you have a little hunger wave. It takes a little something, a little effort, to, a little focus, a little determination, a little quiet and prayer to get through a moment of either discomfort or thoughts of food or physical sensations. But if a person decides that they really love breakfast, that that feels good to them to wake up and eat breakfast and eat lunch and close your eating window, go for it. For me, I'm like you, Chantel. I have beautiful, sustained, fat-burning energy all day long. I'm focused. I'm energized. I'm productive. And then I look forward to eating towards the end of my workday. I'll open my eating window and um, then have a meal and close my eating window. I try an hour and a half, two hours before bed. Um, and because that just is better to get that digestion underway before you jump in bed. So each person can decide for themselves what feels best and also yields the results that you want. So I mentioned uh, fat loss and weight loss, but a lot of people come to ward off Alzheimer's, to turn their blood sugar around, to deal with uh, autoimmune and thyroid issues. And so whatever reasons a person decides to honor the design of the human body and put it into a conscious, deliberate state of repair every day and um, have a heightened discernment of that sense of quiet and tuning in to what you need, what your body needs, you get to choose. Do you guys struggle with brain fog or having difficulty focusing? I know I do. Do you struggle with recalling names or dates or where you left things? Well, I've got good news for you. Newtopia, powered by Bioptimizers, has created a brand new one-of-a-kind product called Kala Genius. It has collagen, cocoa, cacao, different kinds of mushrooms. It's awesome. Kala Genius is delicious. It's sweetened with stevia. It tastes like a rich chocolate elixir. So when you want something sweet, just mix it up with a little bit of water or milk or almond milk, whatever you like and enjoy. You can also mix it with your morning coffee. Now, you know I always take care of you guys. And so my listeners, if you go to newtopia.com slash genius or use wasteaway10 during your checkout, you're going to save 10%. That's newtopia.com slash genius and use wasteaway10 during your checkout. Do it now and your brain will thank you. And Joanne, I think we've answered this question, but she says, am I understanding correctly that a daytime fast is being suggested? If so, why wouldn't I fast during the night while sleeping? My body will repair itself while it's at rest. Um, and I think you you already answered that, Lori, but anyone else want to chime in on that, that last question before we move on to the next one? Well, I think she's thinking that we're saying sun up to sundown is when you fast. We're we're really in technical terms saying delaying your eating time until later in the day. We, you know, the Muslims will tell you during Ramadan, which is another type of religious fast for a group of people, they will often eat before the sun comes up in the morning 
and then they don't eat all day and then they eat again. So we're not suggesting to cheat and go ahead and cram your face with Pop-Tarts. We're saying delaying all of your foods for a certain time of the day. But as Laurie said, it's the window that works best for you. Now, during this 21 days, the thing about fasting, and Laurie will agree, it's a muscle. And I've been flexing my muscle since 2017. So I'm pretty strong in the fasting area. The first few weeks, I wasn't. I All I could do was 18 and 6 because my son didn't, my son's the one who told me about it. He didn't tell me there was another way. And then I found that, you know, the resources and I found Jen Stevens books. And uh, Jen Stevens says it's the window that works for you, meaning the eating time of day that works for you. We're just recommending during this. Um, when Laurie said earlier, we are all sleeping. We should, our goal should be eight hours of sleep. The, and you know what? You fasted. So you never have, you're not a, on a wagon. You never say, well, I blew it the other night. You know, did you sleep through the night? Did you fast through, through the night? Yeah. Well, then you still fasted. You still had a period where you refrained from putting food on your fork to your mouth and you gave your body time to rest and digest. And through that repair process, I've reversed five of my autoimmune conditions and I'm working on my sixth one now, which is my vitiligo, and I'm slowly repigmenting it because of what I'm choosing to eat in that eating window. So that's what we're saying is that there, there is a new, Jen Stevens, I've talked to her about it. She argues that this is even science, but there is some new conjecture from some leading voices in the intermittent fasting community that is saying to try to get in all your food before the sun sets because of circadian rhythms. And Jen says that there is really not science to that. The, the studies she's seen, she says, are not backed scientifically. So again, it goes back to what Lori is saying. Eat at the time of day that works best for you. And we're just encouraging you now to improve your fasting muscle, to go through the day drinking delicious unsweetened tea, unflavored coffee, obviously black coffee, salt in your water if you'd like it, sparkling water or still, and then enjoying the fruits that God provided for us at the time of day that maybe, you know, if it's sundown five to about 7 p.m., because we do say you do need a couple of hours to get things down the pike before you go night-night for the day. And I will say this, I have interviewed over, for me to write my first book, Waste Away, I interviewed over 1,000 women who had never been on a diet their whole life. That's part of what they had to do. And they didn't even know the word intermittent fasting. It just happened to be how I wrote the book was that people were like, I said, You're, you've got a great body. And I, that's how I'd start the conversation. I'd say, you know what? You've got a great body. And I know this is kind of weird, but I'd love to hear, what do you eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner? And I'm telling you, Every one of those women said, I don't eat breakfast. I just have coffee in the morning or I have tea. You know, I don't start eating until one o'clock or two o'clock. And these are people who have never dieted. They are at a perfect weight. They have a healthy relationship with food. And that's how my book began was I was like, I interviewed all these people, right? So here's here's the thing is that for, you get to choose whatever window you want, but I'm telling you with the people who had food freedom, that is kind of what they had said. Now, I want to talk about this. One of the things I've been really looking at is the bamboo tree. And I've been really looking at how the bamboo tree takes about three years to get established. And, and I've heard that they don't grow hardly at all in the very beginning. 
And then the there's some species of bamboo that can grow like two or three feet a day or like an inch in an hour. Like it's crazy. And they just start growing and growing. And I was thinking to myself, I've seen people who have said things like, um, and, and this is a question that someone posted in the Facebook group. They said this. They said, guys, I'm very curious to hear your opinion about this question. Um, uh, the question is, what do people mean when they say, I've tried fasting and it just doesn't work for me or it didn't work? To me, if it's done properly, it's an impossibility for it not to work. And so I thought, wow, that is such a good question. And I'd love to hear what you ladies think about that. So Laurie, let's start with you. It's one of my favorite questions. So I love hearing from people who say, I tried it, it didn't work for me. Um, because first off, I want to know what you mean by it didn't work. What does that mean? Does that mean that you tried it and you didn't lose weight? Does it mean, what does it mean? Okay, for you. So then we get to the bottom of that, what that means. And um, from there, we troubleshoot in terms of, were you fasting clean? What was your mindset? Um, when were you fasting? What were you, uh, when were you opening your eating window? How long was it open? What were you eating? What was the timing of your eating in the eating window? What other health issues are you dealing with? What medication are you on? Are you walking? Are you, what other movement are you doing? Are you drinking enough water? Are you sleeping well? How's your digestion? I mean, <laughs> the list is long. So when someone says, I tried that, it didn't work for me. That's a beautiful opening to a longer conversation of troubleshooting and discerning what the person has been struggling with, what they're dealing with, and what shifts we could make. Another thing is, what is on your dashboard? How are you measuring whether or not it's working? So my one of my strong recommendations is that when people start intermittent fasting or when you're revisiting it, maybe you're restarting it, that you decide for yourself how you're going to measure for yourself if it's working or not working, what's important to you, and that you have at least three more things on your dashboard in addition to the scale. And maybe the scale doesn't even have to be on your dashboard. If it is that you weigh three days, you get on that scale three days in a row, add it up, divide by three, that's one number, that's your baseline number, that's your number. Put the scale away for at least a month so that your attention is on the quiet. Your attention is on how am I feeling? Your attention is on, as I said, this quiet communion with your body and the appreciation that it is working so beautifully for you and not our attention on the number on a piece of a glass that's sitting on your bathroom floor. <laughs> so. I think that's great. And I also think that for me, I would say the number one thing, if it's not, quote, working, is that in your eating window, just flat out, you're eating way too much food. You're overeating to the point where you're um, eating too much or eating way too much sugar or carbs. Those are the things where it's like if we really want to simplify it, those would be some of them. 
And when you say carbs, I presume you mean old, like ultra processed food. Right. Because yeah. nobody's telling you not to eat leafy yes. greens and, and yeah, some carrots, basically, carrots and broccoli. Oh. <laughs> yes, Jill, basically. Yeah. Um, well, I we are running out of time and I want to um, answer one more question that it looks like is there. And it says, I've done an 18-6 in the past and struggling to get back into fat burn. How much does your sugar intake impact your ability to get into fat burning? Should you reduce sugar before trying intermittent fasting? Who wants to take that question on? Well, it's one of my favorite questions. So, so I do things a little backwards from a traditional health coach. Most health coaches and people who guide people in nutrition to restore their health will say, get your food in order and then add the dimension of fasting. I flip it. I say the foundation is your intermittent fasting. We have one thing to do. Get quiet, work with the integrity of how the body works, select the eating window that works well for you, eat normally, eat what you normally eat, and then we'll deal with the food later. However, to answer your specific question, if you want to get into fat burning mode more quickly, yes, reduce <laughs> refined, refined sugars or ultra processed food, eat real whole food, focus on protein and fat. And yes, you will uh, balance your blood sugar, drain the stored glycogen, the, which is stored glucose in your liver, and you will get into a fat burning state more quickly. So Dr. Jason Fung recommends it for people who are really struggling with refined sugar addiction and find fasting hard, that you could do three days approximately of what he calls a fat fast, which means that in your eating window, you are eating primarily fat. So um, you can look up Dr. Jason Fung and a fat fast. And yeah, that'll get you into fat burning more quickly because the body won't be craving uh, so much carbohydrate and refined sugar. Lisa, what would you add to that? Well, I would just say that sugar and carbohydrates, the comp uh, simple carbohydrates beget sugar and simple carbohydrates. So it does. that's why we don't want you drinking even the fake flavored or flake, fake sweetened beverages during your eating window. I mean, if you choose to do that, that's fine. But what it does is it sets up the body. The body then starts, it gets on a hunt for real sugar and it can't be satisfied. So that's why even people go stevia at zero calories. I understand, but the brain doesn't read. It doesn't read labels and the brain thinks food's incoming and the brain you know, sends the signals because Dr. Fung says we're hormonally wired to eat and to stop eating. So we want to get hormones that communicate with one another to tell us to eat, stop, and then eat again. And if you constantly, bar the barrage is, even if you opened your eating window and you said, well, I'm going to have a, a plate of blueberries, those blueberries send in so much insulin, it then pushes down the glucose, it may drop it too low. So that's why what Laurie's saying is a start with fat and protein. And that's what triggers the cholecystin kinin and the peptide YY and the other things that tell you, you know what, I'm satisfied. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get your ghrelin that tells you you're hungry and your leptin and other satiety signals to tell you you're satisfied so that you're not wondering, do I want another serving of blank? And by eating whole nutritious foods on the outside perimeter of the grocery store, that typically helps diminish 
those cravings, not always, I'm not making a blanket statement, not always, but it is pushing you in a point where you go, you know, that, that baked potato that was fully loaded and maybe piece of whatever protein you wanted with it, I'm really satisfied. Well, we are out of time, but I do want to let you know we're going to do this again next week at two o'clock and our focus is going to be on Tammy Hudson Pillar. And I'd love for you guys to type in the chat, um, all of you ladies, type in your websites and whatever promotions you have coming up so that people can find you and follow you there. And what I would like to do is for Tammy right now to just give us a two-minute glimpse so you can get a tasting a little bit about Mm -hmm. what she's going to talk about next week. So Tammy, go ahead. Okay. I hope that's good. Are we all good to go? Sound wise? Oh, thank you guys. Sorry about that. And I tell you, this has been a blessing. Ladies, you have taught me so much about intermittent fasting. So thank you. Um, And equally important, as we said, is spiritual fasting. So I think what I want to say here is there's a Bible verse. Many of you may know it. It talks about not gratifying the desires of the flesh. And we are wired as physical beings and spiritual beings. And both are so important. You have to take care of your physical body. This intermittent fasting is so important. I'm a steward of this body that God gave me. But we also are spiritual creatures. And that's why Jesus said, when you fast, because there's something that happens in the supernatural realm, something that happens for breakthrough and power, when your mindset isn't just the physical benefits of the body, but I'm going to war against a real enemy that's trying to target me spiritually. So what happens, and I've learned this, when I say no to food, I've learned the power of my will to say no to the enemy in other areas. So temptation is going to come over me in lots of areas. We all have temptations, but you can say no to whatever that temptation is, the enemy behind that temptation. If you can learn to say no to the food, you can learn to say no in other areas. So the power to me of fasting is learning the discipline. I discipline myself. Now, again, I want to eat correct. So my sun up to sundown, when I begin to eat my meal at five o'clock, I eat like you ladies have said. I want to be smart with what I put in my body. So then I can incorporate all those concepts of that intermittent fasting. But my warfare during the day is to say no to a real enemy that's trying to take me down. There's a story in the Bible of a man who brought his son to Jesus who could not be healed. And the disciples could not cast out this demon. And they said, Jesus, why? And he said, some things only happen by prayer and fasting. So there is a supernatural realm to fasting. There is a physical realm to fasting. And what we want to equip you with is learning both realms to physically fast appropriately and to know how to spiritually fast. So when we meet next week, we'll talk about what is a spiritual fast and why do I need to be in one? All right. Well, thank you guys so much for being here with us. We are completely blessed to have you guys here. And it's so nice to see all your pretty faces actually live. So this was a treat for us. Thank you so much for being here. Hey guys, thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a review on iTunes to get this podcast out to others that may have the same questions that you do. And as always, if you have a question that you want answered, email those to questions at chantelrayway.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.